This is the Commercial Property Show Australia. Show number 65. It'll literally make me half a million dollars every single year till I die. And this property, today it's worth 5.7. In a year, it's going to be worth around 9 million, 30, 40, 50 years. This property will be a $20 million property, no doubt in my mind. All right, we are back and it feels so good to be back behind the mic. My name is Andrew Bean and I am the host of the number one commercial property show in Australia, the commercial property show. And it has been a while. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus, not because I didn't want to create content. It's just because I've been so busy. I've actually been doing a lot of work taking down a monster deal, which has taken up a lot of my time. So I haven't been able to get behind the mic and share what I've been doing, but that's all changed now since I've got the property somewhat on the right path now, which is fantastic because it's going to be an absolute ripper of a deal. It already is a ripper of a deal, but it's going to be the absolute bee's knees, one of the best deals going around. So what I've actually been doing is I've taken down a monster self-storage deal, 125 units in the beautiful city of Wollongong, right near Sydney. It's about an hour and 45 minute drive from my house. So I've been able to get to the facility quite often, which is fantastic. This deal is probably the best deal I have ever seen in my career so far, as in like what I'm looking for, the specific needs that I have to take down a big monster deal. So it was an underperforming business. The old owner, he was retiring. He didn't need the money straight away. So I've set it up in a really creative finance where I've been able to get this deal under contract for pretty much an absolute steal. The facility is extremely well positioned. It's very, very under-rented and it really makes it so easy to add value to this property just because I've identified exactly what I was looking for. I've got a kind of criteria and this fit the bill on every single box. It just ticked every single box I was looking for and that's why I had to jump on this property and really put all of my focus into getting this deal, securing it and taking it down. So, It's a really exciting deal and I'm going to share more about it in this episode. And another thing that I have been doing, which is an extremely exciting announcement as well that I've already shared, but I'm going to share it again, is that I've teamed up with Steve Polisi at Polisi Property as well. So not only can I just help you with your commercial property consulting how to add value, Now I can also help you buy a commercial property, which is super exciting because I get so many requests of people wanting me to help them buy commercial real estate, buy self-storage facilities, analyze these deals, and now I can actually help you take down a deal as well, which is really, really cool. So if you want to have a chat to me, you can email me at ab at andrewbean.com.au or you can email me at andrew at Polisi Property. I can help you buy some cash flowing commercial real estate. So that's super, super cool. 
really excited about that. I've already been helping so many people, talking, having great chats. It's a really fun thing to do, just talking about property all day to uh, people that want to invest and take control of their financial freedom. So super excited about that. I'm having real fun doing that as well. All right, let's get to show. But first... Investing in commercial property is a lot like a team sport. You need a lot of good players around you to complete a property transaction. No one can do it alone. If you're like me and want to surround yourself with like-minded people who have similar property goals, people who motivate you and push you to achieve more, then come and join the commercial property community today. You can find our private group on Facebook by searching Commercial Property Community or you can click on the link in the show notes. Our expert guests are just waiting to answer your questions in the forum and together we can help each other reach the ultimate goal of financial freedom. All right, so today's episode is all about how I acquired a monster self-storage facility with literally $150,000 into it of my own. I also had a couple of uh, smaller investors put in a little bit of money. I didn't need them to put in any money, but I wanted to do the process and go through it with them and help other people also make a lot of money in a great return that they're going to be getting as well at the end of this deal. So the property is actually in Wollongong. It is a large self-storage facility, very well established, extremely under-rented. So the previous owner was all about just getting people in, just keeping it full, which is exactly what I'm looking for. So I just want to go in and buy a property that the owner really only cares about occupancy. They don't care about the economic vacancy or economic occupancy, which is uh, something else I'll explain in this podcast as well. Very, very important that those two metrics are extremely different and they can wildly change the value of the property as well. So this particular property is very, very well located. It's right off the highway, right in with all of the residential properties. So it's got a very good baked in demand. There are also a lot of businesses, a lot of tradies, a lot of different air conditioning businesses that use the property as their base for their tools and their compressors and all that stuff. So it has a really high occupancy of businesses that use it, which is great. I've also got a bulk warehouse on site of 100 square meters, which I could literally subdivide off and I could add about $200,000 of value by just increasing the rents on that property. And I could subdivide off and sell that for about half a million dollars to pay down some of the loan if I want to. I'm not planning on doing that at this time because that particular tenancy makes up for currently $15,000 of income per year, which is super like low. I'm in the process of putting up that rent to $25,000 because the market rate in Wollongong for a commercial industrial building is $250 per square meter. This particular tenancy has 100 square meters. It also has a mezzanine that makes up part of that 100 square meters. So they're actually paying $15,000 per year to be there. And they're on a month-to-month lease, a self-storage agreement. So I'm going to be increasing their rates 
to market rate because it's very, very difficult to find an industrial building like the one they've got in Wollongong. So they're going to obviously need to stay. I'm not gouging. I'm not going overs. I'm just purely asking market rent, which is $250 per square meter. So I need to increase the rate per square meter to $250, which will relate to $25,000 coming in from that property, which is absolutely fantastic. And the value added on that is ridiculous. So instead of that property being worth $300,000 alone, if I was to subdivide it and piece it off, just by me adding $10,000 into this market, I've increased the value by $200,000 on the overall property just because I increased the rent by $10,000. If you can understand how that works, and I'm going to try and explain it to you as easy as possible, then you will do very well in commercial real estate because it's all about a mathematical calculation of income versus the cap rate. So in Wollongong right now, the cap rate is very, very sharp still because it's close to Sydney. It's not a first tier market. It's sort of like a second tier market, but I would be closer call it to like a one and a half tier market, although that sounds strange. But it's still so desirable because it's just got really good lifestyle. The property prices are really not that much cheaper than Sydney anyway, but you could rent a property very, very close to the beach. It's got a beautiful coastline. A lot of people, a lot of Sydney siders have been buying down in Wollongong for a very, very long time. So it's an awesome area. It's also seen huge growth and there's not enough industrial properties, industrial land to take up the demand of business owners that want to operate there. So perfect criteria and perfect market conditions for what I'm doing in self-storage. So the tenant obviously is going to have to pay extra $10,000, which is not too much realistically in terms of like an increase for a large commercial tenancy. So $200,000 in increased value right there, bang off the bat. And the reason why this particular property is such a home run is because every single unit, and there are 125 on site, and I have about 130 tenants, give or take, because I have a couple of caravans and food trucks and parking spaces, cars that are parked there in the open space that go in and out. I just One of the tenants just moved out last week. So the rate that they're paying is literally around 40 to 50 to even 60% below market rate, which is very, very, very significant. The old owner had this false belief that because he wasn't a big chain self-storage facility like your National Storage, your Storage King, your Kenans, who are all in the area driving the rates for me, which is fantastic, because he wasn't a large national chain like that, he didn't feel comfortable charging or keeping up with their rates. So he took over the facility 18 years ago. He was actually an employee of the old, old owner. And he was working the business for him, obviously. And then he actually was able to purchase the facility eight years ago, but he kept his rates the same. So for instance, on site, I have large four by six units. I have a lot of six by three units. I have some three by threes. And I also have some half garages where it's it's six meters long, but it's 1.5 meters wide. So it's a very long shed garage. So for instance, for a six by three unit, in Wollongong, if you're going to National Storage, Kennards or Storage King, you are literally going to be charged 500, 550, 
around that mark. $550 is the street rate for a six by three single garage Wollongong. Nice price. All right. So he was charging 350 and below. So a lot of his tenants are being charged under $300, which is absolutely ridiculous. And he felt bad. He became, he lived on site as well. So this is one of the things as well. He was very friendly with the tenants. They're all his mates now. He felt bad about increasing the rates on them. So if he had just kept up with the rates of the big boys, the property would literally be worth double or almost more than double what it's worth today. This is just money left on the table that I am going to grab because unfortunately for the tenants, I'm running it like a business. I need to increase rates. I need to make the business way more profitable so I can execute my plan and strategy to force huge value on this asset. So for instance, there's a couple of units in four by six units. That's 24 square meters. So it's a very, very big, big unit that he's had a legacy customer in there. And he has a lot of old customers that have been there for a very long time. She's paying 280 per month for that particular unit. If you picked up that unit, put it on land at uh, National Storage or put National Storage, Storage King Kennards in operation of this unit, they would be actually charging closer to 600. So all I'm going to be doing is bringing up the rates to market rates and even still staying below the big boys. So the customers still have a great deal. Unfortunately, you do feel bad that you're literally like, charging $200 more or or $300 more than they were the previous month. Obviously, people have, there's a housing shortage. Cost of living has also gone up. There are difficult times out there. People are struggling a little bit. But as a business owner, it's only fair that I'm able to charge market rent or market prices for the product that I can sell. So self-storage is a product. It is a product that has product market fit in different markets. So I have a product that is a certain size and I can sell that product. And it's only fair as the business owner that I should be able to charge what every other business is charging. And I'm actually going to be charging a little bit below because I don't want to have a, a mass move out. And I'm doing it in stages actually. So I have a first floor on the facility and the first floor had the least obnoxious increase than all of the other units on ground drive up. So I'm talking about 40 or 30 or 20% increases throughout the older sizes in the first floor. And these are smaller sizes as well. So I did the entire first floor, 1st of October, and I was expecting about five or six move outs. People obviously didn't want to pay $50, $80 more per month, but only two people moved out. And so I was actually surprised. I knew that self-storage tenants are sticky. Everyone knows that getting a trailer, getting all your junk and moving it down the road for a $20 extra or $20 less per month is a big pain in the ass. But even I was surprised that I only had two tenants move out. So really happy about that. And those two tenants that moved out, the increase that I got actually moved up the gross income that I'm receiving from this property from $360,000 gross to $386,000 gross. So it's more than made up these two uh, tenants that have moved out. And now I have the opportunity to put in new tenants in those units at the higher rate 
to boost the income even more. So this is the value add strategy that I'm setting up and that I put in place for this particular facility. Also done some flyers and stuff that I'm going to have handed out. Done about, I run about 5,000 flyers and I've got some signage that I've put together as well for the facility and really just cleaned it up. So when I took over the facility, it was being run very, very poorly, all manual entries. So the old owner literally had a card, a manila card for every tenant that came in and he would balance their account on that card. So every single month when they paid, he would have to get their card out and write the date that they paid, what they paid, and he'd balance the account manually on the card. This is a really, really bad way of doing it. One, he was doing it like filing it by tenant name, not by the actual unit numbers. So he would miss out units, which I'll talk about later, which is actually pretty funny. And he would also like miss payments in his bank account. So he would never be up to date with the customer's actual real accounts. He would always have to reconcile and he would lose his spot and never be able to figure out how much money is really coming into this facility. So perfect opportunity for me to come in, get the property up and running uh, technology-wise, put in my property management system that I've done. This is the real hard part about taking over a self-storage facility. It's getting all the systems up and running to your standard. So just getting all of this data from him, he didn't have any records, like complete records of the most simplest of data or the most simplest of customer data, like phone number, email address. All of these things are just no-brainer things that you should have in your digital property management system. But he had no one record or no one system of all of this data. And a lot of it was just missing. So it literally took me, I did a business handover that was supposed to take two weeks to get all of the information. It actually took six weeks of me pulling my hair out, trying to figure out who, what tenant was in which unit, what their email address is, what their phone number is. It was the biggest and most difficult thing you could imagine because how do you call a customer if you don't have their phone number? It's just ridiculous. So there was a a very big like, uh, it's almost like I was an investigator finding people, putting together, you're with this, you're with that. And a lot of the information was also incorrect. So the first run I bulk email I sent out saying for the change of management, I had like 15 emails bounce back to me. You know, it's just been a big process of getting the customer data first up, getting that all sorted and being able to actually communicate with the customers. That's number one priority. So after I'd done my business handover and I felt comfortable that I'd had got most of the information, I actually uncovered about five units that the old owner had no idea who was in those units. He had no idea when the last time any payment had come in through those for those units. It never came up in his accounting or his record keeping because he actually had never had any prompts or anything telling him like these were not being paid for. So because he was the way that he filed his manual cards was by name and not by unit number, he could never tick off and say, yes, I've done all of these units. He would always do it by name. So he never had a system in place, whether it was manual or online, that would say, yes, this unit's paid, this unit's paid, this unit's paid. 
So he's probably missed out on 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 of income over the years from these five units that haven't been paying every single month for who, who God knows how long. So it's very difficult to also find who is in a unit. If you have no contact, no understanding of the person when they moved in, nothing. So it's very, very difficult. So you have to either overlock their unit. This is the way that you're supposed to do it according to the self-storage agreement. You overlock their unit, you put a sign on the unit saying they need to contact you. Once they come in, if they ever come in, then they'll obviously reach out and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, This is your unit. Fantastic. I need to take your details. We didn't know who was in this unit. Can you please pay this bill from X date whenever you moved in, blah, 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 blah. But instead, the old owner decided, this is him, he just said, instead of doing that, I'll just cut off their lock and I'll look for a name in in their things. He did this without me knowing it. Obviously, that is not the way that I would prefer to do it. And he actually did find a name in one of the units. So he he did it to two of the units before he told me and before I stopped him from doing it to the other three. And he actually did find a name and he recognized the name. And he's like, this person has not paid me for five years. So <laughs> he was very, very embarrassed about that which was quite funny. It's great for me because that's just added income that I can retain and get going for the self-storage facility in the future. So this person had hadn't been there for five years. They'd obviously done a runner. They haven't left this. They they left all their stuff there. So he had to empty the unit and get rid of all the stuff and try and sell some stuff to try and get some money back, which he did successfully. The bad thing about self-storage is that people leave their stuff and you have to get rid of it at some point. So you have to pay to get it, like take it to the tip or get it dumped somewhere. So that was one of the units that we took care of. Another one of the units that I identified, we actually had a name, but all of the contact details were not working. The phone number was disconnected. The email was bouncing back. There was no second contact on this particular tenant. So we didn't even have the tenant's address. So what I actually did was I searched online on person lookup to find out where this person lived. So I was extremely lucky and I found a home phone, which was a a public number. So I was able to find that home phone. Now I called the home phone and left a voicemail, left a couple of voicemails. They still didn't pick up. So I was like, okay, that's no good. But I did actually find the address they lived at. So This is over a couple of weeks, probably about four weeks of trying to track down this person. So I did actually find the address. So that's fantastic. Hopefully they still lived there. So what I did is I put together a letter saying, you are this late with your storage payment. Please contact us to make payment. Otherwise, your things are going to be seized and auctioned off or disposed of. And two or three weeks went by, didn't hear anything. And then I got a call from this tenant, which was absolutely fantastic because this tenant previously was a very, very good payer. He hadn't paid for a long time. He actually owed about $2,600 at the facility to the old owner and some to me because I had taken over the facility after a couple of months. And he basically said like, look, sorry, I I went through a divorce. I thought the ex-wife was paying for this bill. Apparently they're not. Obviously I've changed email. I've changed number because we have split up, which is you know obviously bad. But these are the reasons why people do use self-storage. And I don't think he was divorced when he moved his stuff in. This has obviously happened later. But he was like, yes, we still want to keep that unit. 
and I'll start paying for it. Here is my new number. Here is my new email address. So I basically recovered $2,600 of money from just doing the groundwork, doing the legwork, doing stuff that the old owner wasn't willing to do. So the old owner was extremely happy with me. I obviously made him a couple of thousand dollars, which was great. And I also, what I did was, because this old customer was paying about $349 per month. And right then and there, I said, okay, no worries. Like obviously the rates have gone up straight up to 450. So I got not only recovered the money, I also increased his rates to 450 straight off the bat like that, bang. I mean, he's obviously been paying and doing, doing very well ever since that. So that's really, really good. Really excited about that. At the moment, I've increased the revenue quite significantly already, but I've also increased the collection rate. So because the old owner didn't really check and didn't really chase people, but with my property management system, I literally will send you an invoice 14 days out from when it's due. I also send you a text message at that time saying that your invoice is ready. And then a couple of days before you get an email saying your, they'll say you get an email and a text saying that your bill is due in a couple of days. Four days after your bill was due, you also get a reminder saying you're four days late. Then you have another reminder at seven days late. You have another reminder of 14 days late. Then you have another reminder at 28 days late, 36 days late. And then on 42 days, I send you a physical letter saying that I'm evicting you. So lots and lots of reminders, and that's increased the collection significantly. So the old owner was previously collecting about $20,000 per month, and there'll be a backlog of people having to pay all the time. I've increased that to collecting about $30,000 per month every single month now, just because I'm on top of people reminding them they need to pay this bill, which is pretty simple. You'd think that a business owner would do that, like to increase his revenue and get a better outcome. But not everyone wants to do the business like that. Not everyone wants to put in the effort to do that. So he was really just happy about having enough money every single day, every single week to buy a pack of smokes. He was a big smoker, smoked a pack a day, and he'd drink half a bottle to a bottle of uh, bourbon. And that's all he really cared about. You know, he just cares about having enough, which is cool too, each of their own. So Now going forward, I've started to increase this and I'm doing it in segments. So I'm going to be doing 10 or 15 units every single month from now on for the rest of this deal. So just getting back into the how I actually secured this deal. So I didn't go down the traditional route of buying this just on contract, putting down a large deposit and taking it down. What I did was and what I was able to negotiate was I'm going to give you a better price. So I'm paying $5.7 million for this property. They were happy to take $5 million. So I'm paying them $700,000 more than they wanted. And I said to them, okay, I'll give you a better price, but you have to give me time. So what I've actually done is I've put this property under a 12-month option. So if you don't know what an option is, it's I have the right to purchase the property within the 12 months. I can also sell the right to buy the property to another party as well. So obviously, why would an owner do this? So why would he let me put the property under option for 12 months? Well, because I sweetened the deal so much for him that it was such a great deal for him. Why would he not do it? So what I've done is I'm paying 5.7 instead of 5 million. 
I'm also put down $150,000 non-refundable option fee for him that he can take straight away and use. That's all he really needed. Also put down a lease on the property as well. So my absolute fail safe, and I'll talk about this at the end as well, is I'm paying a three-year lease on the property and I'm paying him around under $7,000 per month. So out of the $30,000, he gets $7,000 every single month. So he's still got a great income for 12 months. He's moved out of the property. So he's obviously retiring. He lived on site in the two-bedroom apartment, which I needed him to move out to. I won't say the location, but he's actually purchased a property where he wants to retire. He's living there now happily, and it's going really great. I'm actually paying rent for him first. So he's actually got a 12-month settlement. We negotiated with the owner of that property that instead of buying the property straight away, we'll pay you $1,000 per week to let us live there for 12 months before we settle it. So this is a very complicated, creative deal that I put together. Had a lot of people involved, had to work and put this together for a very long time. And the agent that was selling the self-storage facility that I've purchased really helped me a lot. He bought into the idea. I'm also paying him more. I'm paying the agent that's selling the other property more as well. Everyone is making more money in this deal. The reason I can do this, the reason I can pay more money, the reason that I can put more money down is one, the self-storage facility was extremely under-rented. So I can pay more money for it because I know where I can take it. I know when I overlay my rates on top of the property, the value will be significantly different. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But the property was already returning or should have been returning about $30,000 per month. He was only really collecting around 20000 because of late payments and not really looking after the business properly. So I knew that I could negotiate all of that $30,000 if I had to, to pay in expenses to sweeten the deal for people to make sure that I could get this deal under contract. I'm still receiving $30,000 per year, which I'm going to be boosting to around forty dollars or $45,000 over the next couple of months. Some of that's going to the old owner. Some of that's going to the owner of the other property, his retirement property. But majority of that's actually staying in the business with me and I'm using that on the property as well to refurbish and make it better. So because I had so much income and I can see that I could calculate where I can take this property, today I've locked in the price at $5.7 million. In 12 months, the property will actually be worth closer to $9 million when I execute my plan. So I'm going to be either be able to buy this property myself. So because I'm changing the value so much, I'm going to be changing the value from here to here, which is going to result in around a 60% LVR. So the banks that I've been speaking to will be happy to pay the entire contract price right? So they're going to put down the entire $5.7 million for me. I won't need to put down 2 or $3 million as the 40% deposit on self-storage. Once I get it from $5.7 million to $9 million, there's a 60% gap in the contract price to value, and the bank's going to be able to put the money down, all of it for me, because value discrepancy is so wide. That's option one. Option two is that I bring in a partner with me at the end of the deal, one or two high net worth individuals that want to take down this deal with me as well. They would get huge reward from that. Option three is that I could syndicate the property because I've got lots of time. 
I could syndicate the property, bringing in up to 19 other investors. I can syndicate the deal. Fantastic. And I have to retain this deal because this is like a generational type asset. This is something you cannot let go. It'll literally make me half a million dollars every single year till I die. And this property today, it's worth 5.7. In a year, it's going to be worth around 9 million, 30, 40, 50 years. This property will be a $20 million property, no doubt in my mind. Because of the way the rate's moving, the things are going up, it's just a huge deal. Like It'll be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars going forward. So it has to be retained. I'd be crazy to let this go. But if I can't get a partner, if I can't get the bank to finance it, if I can't get it syndicated, I can also sell the option. So this is where it gets really exciting as well because a lot of the big players around the deal are already making contact with me and the old owner because they want to buy the deal. So I execute my value add strategy and the property is worth, say, $9 million. I've got it under contract for 5.7. So there's a big gap there. Then I can say to your national storage, your storage king, your Kennards, any other surrounding facility that wants to buy the property, I've got this property here. It's contracted for 5.7. It's actually worth nine. The option fee on that is going to be $2 million. So they're going to pay me $2 million to take over my rights in the option just to be able to buy the property. They're still getting an absolutely fantastic deal. They have about a million dollars or so of equity baked into the deal, which is like someone's going to give you a million dollars. Obviously, you're going to take that. And then I would walk away with $2 million. I pay out my couple of investors that have only put in a total of $150,000 with me into the deal. So the whole deal right now has cost around $300,000 of actual money put into it. And we could walk away with a $2 million windfall just by being able to identify a project that was a self-storage facility that was underperforming. It was very, very run down. It had bad management and I've just executed a plan to get more valuable. I want to retain it, but I could sell the option on it, which would be still a massive win. And then I've also got a fail safe, right? So my fail safe is this three-year lease that I've negotiated on it. So if everything fails... I can't do any of it. Somehow, by the heavens, I can't get people to want to take millions of dollars of revenue for free, which is highly unlikely. What I have is I have a three-year window of revenue that I can retain from this property. So so this year, it's going to be doing around $400,000, maybe $500,000 of gross revenue. Every single year after that, it's going to be doing that as well. So I'm going to have about a million and a half dollars of gross revenue over three years, which will more than cover the $300,000 of actual capital that I've put in and injected into this deal. And I can give my investors a great return. I can also get a huge return myself. So this is my absolute fail safe. So these are all of my exit strategies. So I have many exit strategies that I can execute, none of them of which are a bad deal. Obviously, some have like obviously way bigger windfalls. Others have really great windfalls. It'd be absolute home run as well. None of them at all have anything, any money losing in that deal. So this is the kind of strategies that I like to put together for my property deals where it's a win-win for everyone. Everyone makes more money and that every single exit strategy is a win no matter what. Some are huge wins, some are good wins, but it's always a big win. 
All right, so I'll just quickly explain what I mean by physical occupancy to economic vacancy. So physical occupancy, everyone understands what that is. It's how many physical tenants do you have in the property compared to how many spaces or units you have available? So because this facility was run with very, very cheap rates, so he would have very, very high occupancy and self-storage in Wollongong has been like on fire um, for a long time, which it's, it's cooling down now just to a normal market, but it's been really pumping for a long time. So he had very high occupancy all the time, literally 98, 100% for the last eight, 10 years, right? So he's done really well. All he cared about was being full, but his economic vacancy was literally around 50%. So the street rate that is being charged for that unit, that's the economic like baseline. So if everyone else in the market is getting $500 for a unit and I'm only charging $250, my economic vacancy on that unit is 50% because economically, I'm not making... 100% of what the street rate is. Now, that's really like important to understand just for the one unit. But imagine if that's you doing that at scale for 125 units. Now, that gets really interesting on how much more value you can add to this property. So literally, the economic vacancy on this property is probably sitting at about 55 to maybe even 60%, maybe actually lower. It's hard to really understand or hard to because every rate, street rate is different. I'm going to be moving this up over the next 10 months to really capture the money left on the table by this owner. And the hard part is putting out rate increases to people. That's the very, very difficult part. You feel bad because literally their rates are doubling. It's educating them that down the road, this player, this player, this player, if you go there, they're actually charging $550 for this particular unit. I'm only charging you $4.95. So you're still getting an absolute ripper deal. You should be very thankful that the old owner has given you such a great deal for so long. So you've been killing it, you know, like paying $2.95 for this particular unit for so long. And this is a conversation that I've had with a customer just yesterday. So this is, I'm just reciting exactly the conversation that I've had with a tenant. But you know, you've had a great deal for so long, you're still very far under market. And what I did was, I also got screenshots of what the other big boys are charging and I sent it to him as well, just so he had the proof that I'm not gouging. I'm literally just bringing it up to market rates and still $50 under the market rate. So I still have wiggle room to move these up over time. So from now on, on this facility, everyone is going to be getting a rate increase, like either three, six, nine or 12 months, depending on when they came in, depending on how they've come in depending on what price they've come in at, they're going to be getting an increase in either of those increments. So that's how physical occupancy and economic vacancy work. It's economically, what is the price of street rate in the market right now? And what are you currently receiving for your unit? Compared to the other side, it's just physically how many people are in the units. All right. So I think that's pretty much wraps up this episode Really excited about getting back behind the mic and sharing more stuff with you guys. I am going to be doing a lot more content coming in the next couple of months about this. Also going to be doing a spin-off self-storage podcast as well, which specifically we talk about self-storage. I might run that through the Commercial Property Show Network as well. Just see how that goes. If you guys do want some help 
taking down some commercial real estate. I can help you now in the buyer's agency, buying, helping you, finding, getting some deals under your belt, which is super cool. Also can help you with self-storage. So do reach out to ab at andrewbean.com.au. You can also check out my website, andrewbean.com.au. It is under maintenance. We're going to be changing it up in a little bit with some of the services I'm not going to be providing anymore. And I'm really going to be focusing on helping people buy commercial property through Polisi Property and also running this deal, managing this deal, making sure this deal hits the heights that it has to. So watch out for that. I also have a bit of a sneak peek for you as well. There is going to be a live event at the end of October. I can't talk too much about it now, but this is going to be the first live event meetup potentially more details to come but you will have to wait till next time thanks for listening to the show and remember in the words of grant cardone be obsessed or be average i'm andrew bean signing off this has been a develop a life production 